Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning on this Tuesday morning. You know, we've had a little bit of a chance to recover from our New Year's Eve parties, which they were... I hear they were very good, and <laughs> and Bob was teasing about me having one at my house, and everything turned out just fine. So that's what I have to say. You've got Jill Welke here to take you through the farm show and get those chores done today. We've got a lot of stuff. It seems like this last couple of weeks have been kind of a whirlwind for me. And from Christmas gatherings to New Year's Eve gatherings to just kind of figuring things out and I feel like I'm scheduling up this next year already. We're looking ahead at dates and trying to get everything all figured out and I feel like I'm more scheduled up now than I've ever been in my whole life. It just seems like I get busier and busier but it is kind of fun. We start out our work week with a Green Bay win over the Vikings and I know that I've got some friends that are Viking fans and well, it is what it is. Um, and Bob has made it to Hawaii. Uh, he sends back some pictures on Facebook teasing us about standing in the water and, and, uh, safe trip down there for him and, um, well deserved time off for him. Um, we are also starting with the Wisconsin Badgers lost yesterday at the bowl. Um, looks like they couldn't quite hold it together to the end. So they did end up with a loss, but a little bit of a interesting season for them. And I'm not one that watches all the bowl games and all the football. Like um, Bob is much more in tune to that, but he has encouraged me to learn a little bit more about them. And and you know what? It's always good to know a little bit more about what's going on around you. And then talking about what's going on around us. You know, we've talked about the hot topics about land ownership in America from foreign interests. And we're going to talk a little bit about one of the churches that owns an awful lot of land in the United States. And we're going to talk about coffee and coffee prices. And the Wisconsin Cranberry Growers Association is looking for their next executive director. Then the leadership position will be working with the the Wisconsin State Cranberry Growers Association Board of Directors to develop relationships with many different departments involved in Wisconsin cranberry production, marketing, and government affairs. This new leader will be building and managing the full-time staff team. For more information, go to wiscran at wiscran.org. And today... So appropriate, appropriate is National Cream Puff Day. And we think about the cream puffs down at the Wisconsin State Fair, but they've got some deals where you can get down and get some cream puffs at different times of the year this year to celebrate their 
100th anniversary celebration of the original cream puffs. So that's kind of a neat idea. I've been down to the state fair quite a few times and enjoyed my share of those cream puffs. And, And if you haven't had one before, they are something to enjoy. So... Ben, we've got some other stuff to get through. I've got a. Uh, I'm going to run the uh, alfalfa program, which is usually run on Monday, and so we'll catch up with Bob with that one. And we've got Bob doing an interview with Marta Coleman. She's the new UW Extension Forage Specialist. So we'll hear a little bit more about what's going on for the forages out of out of uh, UW Madison and. It's always kind of interesting to get a new take from somebody that takes over a new job and how they embrace it and they change it to make it to their to make it to their very own. So that's a lot of stuff to get done. We got a lot of chores to get going through and and let's roll right into our weather. Right here in Eau Claire, we're sitting at twenty one degrees. Today we're gonna reach up to thirty three, but it's gonna be cloudy. It's clear right now. Tonight, down to only 27, so not a lot of movement on our temperature from daylight hours to nighttime hours. Tomorrow, a high of 30, with the breeze picking up with some partial sun. But tomorrow, it's going to be a, tomorrow night, it's going to be a little bit cooler at 14 degrees. Thursday, 26 with more sun. Friday, 31 with a slight chance of snow and par- some partial sun. We'll be hearing from Mike Dandria. From our 13 first alert weather on the bottom of the hour. And Saturday, 32. Sunday, 30. High of 30 with clouds with a slight chance of snow. And Monday, 29 with some partial sun out there. So it looks like a, actually a pretty nice stretch of weather when you're heading into the first part of January. And, uh, you know, we can't really complain. Although it would have been nice to have some of that snow, and we were lucky enough to get just a bit of a dusting down my way before the end of the year, but um, <laughs> kind of interesting. We went through mud season twice this fall, and well, once this winter, once this fall, we'll see what that mud season is when it gets around to the springtime, but we need to get some more ju- chores done here, so... I always say what happens on the end of a dead-end road stays on the end of a dead-end road. And actually, that was a mantra whenever I traveled with my kiddos is what's said in the pickup stays in the pickup. So when we did a lot of traveling, we did a lot of traveling to Junior National Geltvy shows, and and it was kind of fun to always just have that collaboration. But enough about that. And here we go, our national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Israel will be withdrawing several thousand troops from the Gaza Strip. The IDF made the announcement Monday and it cited the nearly three-month war as a growing toll on the Israeli economy. More than 85% of Gaza's residents have been displaced from their homes, according to the United Nations, and the fighting has left more than 20,000 people dead. Buses of migrants are apparently heading to New York City by New Jersey transit trains to skirt around a New York City rule. Michael Kastner explains. 
Officials in several New Jersey communities say migrants on buses have been arriving at various train stations in recent days, and migrants on them have proceeded to take trains into New York City. This comes after New York City Mayor Eric Adams signed an executive order that requires notice and limits the time frame charter buses can drop migrants off at the Port Authority bus terminal in New York. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has been sending border-crossing migrants to sanctuary cities. I'm Michael Kastner. Police believe a New Year's crash that killed two people and injured five following a concert in Rochester, New York, may be a possible act of terrorism. The accident involved three vehicles early Monday morning, one of which exploded. First responders found at least a dozen canisters of gasoline in and around the car that exploded, which has led to investigators looking into the matter as potential terrorism. Very high good cholesterol levels are being linked to an increased risk of dementia in older people. Brian Shook reports. Research published in Lancet, a British medical journal, shows the elevated risk is as much as 42% in seniors with very high levels of HDL cholesterol, or so-called good cholesterol. Healthy HDL in men is considered 40 milligrams or higher, and in women it's 50 milligrams or higher. In this study of more than 16,000 adults, 80 milligrams and up was considered very high. I'm Brian Shook. And a single winning ticket for Monday's Powerball drawing was sold in Michigan with an estimated $842 million. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's time to look at our weather temperatures around the area. Here in Eau Claire, 21 degrees. Medford, 20. Rice Lake, 19. Wausau, 22 and clear. Green Bay, 24 and clear. Marshfield 19, Lacrosse 25, Madison 23 and clear, and Milwaukee, the warm spot of the state at 28 and clear. But I hear our clouds are going to be sliding in. And today our high is going to reach up to 33 with cloudy skies. Tonight only down to 27. Tomorrow 33 with some or 30 with some breezy and partial sun. Thursday, 26, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, low 30s for the first week in January. I'm looking at the calendar here, and I looked at the wrong one, but the first week in January, those are some pretty nice temperatures, actually. I uh, got my waterers have their heaters in, but I didn't turn on the light bulbs down below. So, you know, it's doing okay for us so far. And uh, that's our first look at our weather. And I'm going to move some stuff around a little bit here. And we're going to get moving into some more chores. And then we'll be doing our first set of markets. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time for our first look at our markets. And remember, our markets were closed down on Friday, and the markets don't open until today at 8.30. So these are our numbers from Friday. And let's get rolling with our cash livestock. Choice-fed beef steers are 164 to 170, with mixed steers at 140 to 162. Choice-fed beef heifers are 164 to 175, with mixed heifers at 142 to 162. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 134 to 170. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 145 to 164 with select and silage-fed steers, 115 to 144. Cows are 70 to 84 with a top of a dollar. Bulls are a dollar to a dollar five. Butcher hogs are 35 to 81. 
Sells are 32 and down with boars at 15 and down. New crop market lambs are 174 to 193. Feeder lambs, there's no quote from. Use are 85 to 97 and a half. Small goats are 25 to 260 dollars. Medium goats are 105 to 320 dollars. Large goats are 240 to 440 dollars. And nanny goats are 55 to 375 dollars. And looking over at our futures markets, our live cattle numbers for February are 168 and a half, down 42 cents. April 172.25, down two and a half cents. June 170.05, down a dime. And August 171.02, down five cents. And our feeder cattle futures for January. 222.30, down 17.5 cents. March, 223.10, down 2.5 cents. April, 228.90, down 2.5 cents. And May, 234.57, down 12, or up 12.5 cents. So that market took down for a bit and then it's turning around and going back up. And our lean hog market, our lean hog carcasses is trending downward except in May. And numbers for February, 67.97.5, down 47.5 cents. April, 74.85, down 15 cents. May, 81.5, down 7 cents. Oh, up 7 cents, excuse me. And June, 89.92, up se- down 7.5 cents. Wow, I'm having trouble with my ups and downs today. Not a lot of movement on them. But remember, these are prices from Friday close. And a Chicago Board of Trade, March corn is sitting at 471. March oats, 385. March soybeans, 1298. And March soybean meal, $386 a ton. March wheat is at 628. And our cheese markets, barrels are 140 down 3 cents. Our 40 pound blocks, 147 up 4 cents. Our gray AA butters at sitting at 266 and a half up a half. And our class three milk futures, January fifteen forty three up three cents, February up five cents to fifteen seventy four, March sixteen forty one up six cents, April down two cents to seventeen fourteen, and May sitting at seventeen eighty one down nine cents. And for the first three months, we're up slightly in those markets, but then it crashes down towards the end of the year. And those markets are not looking the best around there for those dairy prices. Um, and that's our first look at our markets here on uh, Wax 104.5, sponsored by Rural Mutual Insurance. And those are our closing markets from Friday. And the markets will open up this morning at 8.30. So we've got... Uh, and I know it's Tuesday morning, but we're going to run our alfalfa program with Dan Understander. Bob caught up with him before he left for Hawaii. So let's see what they have to say. It's the new year, but still two old guys talking alfalfa this morning on our Next Grow Alfalfa Update program. I'm joined, as always, by Dan Understander, our state forage specialist. And, uh, Dan, do you have a big celebration over New Year's? No, not really. I uh, kept it quiet and just watched the uh, the ball come down in New York. Well, that's the best <laughs> way to do it. Well, we're into the new year. We're into winter. We haven't had quote-unquote winter weather, 
So our feed piles probably are a little fuller than more normally they would be. But what about taking that inventory and deciding how much we need and how much we can feed and things like that going until we get into spring and new crop? Yes, Bob, it's really a good idea to inventory one feed and to uh, plan ahead for the rest of the winter and into early spring because uh, we don't know what the spring greenup will be like exactly either. We would encourage farmers at this point to uh, inventory the tonnage of feed that they have, to think of it in terms of lots of feed, so uh, piles of hay that were harvested uh, from similar fields on the same day. You can do a forage analysis and assume the quality is about the same, but forage harvested from different fields on different days will have different qualities. And uh, so we should think about not just tonnage, but tonnage of a particular quality feed. And then uh, we would, of course, feed the forage to the animals that would benefit most from it. Our high-milking dairy cows would come first, uh, followed by late lactation cows and and heifers, and then followed by growing animals. So it is important to think about the quality of forage times the tonnage. And then to come and consider uh, the good news is that the energy requirements of the cattle are down this winter as we have warmer weather, and so uh, we can oftentimes stretch that forage a bit further than if we have some particularly hard winters. Uh, so we can also think maybe this warm weather is going to uh, persist, uh, at least watch the weather forecast uh, for the next month, and then determine about how much we'll need, and then look at how much we have, and decide, uh, in some cases, farmers will determine they'll be able to sell some forage. In other cases, uh, maybe they should start looking around a little bit and or reduce their number of animals so that their feed needs match their feed supply. So, again, this is... uh, a very important thing to do in terms of planning ahead, but think not just about tonnage, but tonnage at each particular quality that you have in your storage area. Prior proper planning. That's what you need to do because Mother Nature can change winter in a hurry. Dan Undersander once again with us on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Thanks, Dan and Bob, for that update, and he is correct. We have not burned through all our hay bales as quickly as we do sometimes, and and it's always good to make sure you're feeding the best stuff to who needs it the most. So, And that's always a popular opinion, and yes, I have beef cows, but they're making some babies. We're due with a whole bunch of babies here coming in March. Uh, we'll start a little bit in February, but we've got babies coming in March, so I'm hoping we don't get haunted by our warm December weather in March. Um, and talking about weather, today we're going to reach up to 33 deg- degrees with tonight sitting in only down to 27, tomorrow up to 30. And that's another look at our weather. We're going to take a look at some of our farm news coming in next. Agriculture. 
It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And as I mentioned before, we're going to take a look at some of that farm news. And one of the latest hot topics in America is the ownership of our land. From foreign interest, even to our churches. The Mormon Church recently brought recently bought up 370,000 acres of prime ranch land in Nebraska. And they're feeling some backlash from local farmers for driving up land prices and forcing out those local farmers. The Mormon Church has bought up more land than anyone else in the state over the past five years, according to the Flatwater Free Press. Nationwide, they own over $2 billion worth of farmland. The church is already the largest private landowner in Florida with 673,000 acres worth $884 million. And the Mormon Church owns $312 million worth of land in California, $170 million in Oregon, and $160 million in Utah. But they own no land in Wisconsin, North Dakota, or South Dakota. And if you're enjoying your coffee this morning, be aware that coffee prices might be going up as supplies tighten around the world. World coffee production this year reached 171.5 million bags. That's up 7 million from a year ago. But coffee stocks are shrinking, down 26.5 million bags, the lowest supply in the past 12 years, as demand continues to increase. Here in the U.S., we are expected to import about 24 million bags this year, as the only place that produces coffee in this country is Hawaii, and that's a very limited supply. Well, I know those lines at the coffee shops are long and seems like they're always full. Uh, I don't drink coffee, never have. Um, once in a while, I'll have uh, one of those cheater coffees if I need to get going someplace. But I really haven't had much coffee since I've started this job, which is kind of ironic, actually. And... Today is National Cream Puff Day, and it kicks off the 100th anniversary celebration of the original Cream Puffs, a favorite at the Wisconsin State Fair. Head to the original Cream Puffs Facebook page for your chance to win a voucher for a free six-pack of original Cream Puffs, redeemable during the 2024 Wisconsin State Fair in August. And if you're in the Milwaukee area, March 15th through the 17th, Specialty Cream Puffs can be pre-ordered for drive through pickup in celebration of St. Patrick's Day. Visit their Facebook page for more information. So Cream Puffs, I've had my share of them as I've gone down to the State Fair, and they're always one of the favorites. The lines are long, but it's fun to see them made. So we need to keep moving through our chores. We've got a little bit of chores to do, and then we're going to be heading to... To listen to Bob, he talked to Mar- Marta Coleman. She's the new UW Extension Forage Specialist. And we'll hear what they have to say. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 
When you put your hay and forages up in the future, it'll be following the advice of a new University of Wisconsin Extension forage specialist. After about a six or seven year vacancy, the university has hired Marta Coleman to be the new forage extension specialist. When Marta was with us near the northern end of the world's longest barn, she told us she has an accent for a reason. She comes from a much warmer climate. Yes, I do have a little bit of an accent. So I grew up in Brazil. That's where I got my undergraduate degree. My undergraduate degree was as a generalist agronomist, which means that I have equal parts soil, plant, uh, row crop, horticultural sciences, animal sciences, just a little bit of social sciences as well. Um, And then I got a master's degree in ag engineering, looking at climatology and greenhouse gas emissions. I got a PhD in forage management, looking at ecosystem services provided by forages, so production, but also nutrient cycling. Uh, I did a little bit of work with soil carbon. And then on my postdoc, I also work with fire management in rangelands, and then also looking at animal responses, but also soil carbon, greenhouse gas emissions, nutrient cycling, and a bunch of other responses. So very, very broad background. How long did it take you to get through all that? That's a, that's quite quite <laughs> that's quite a resume. Yeah, so it is it is a testament I think to how much effort <laughs> I typically put on things so I learn a, a whole second language to get through all my training. But I graduated from my PhD in two thousand seventeen. Then I got four years of a postdoc after that and then I now I started here. So between undergraduate degree that was five years, a master's two and a half and a PhD three and a half. It's it's a long way coming. <laughs> So being from Brazil, I would think naturally you'd gravitate to corn or soybeans. What took you to forages? That's a great question. Actually, the state where I grew up, um, when I was very little, we have we do have a family farm. When I was little, it was a dairy farm, but we had some years with a lot of drought, which I'm sure people can relate to, and we ended up um, transitioning into a grain, mostly grain farm. But my father actually is an agronomist with a background in forages, and we maintain keeping uh, stalker cattle during the winter time. Our winters are very mild, so we grow forages, mostly annual ryegrass, some clovers, and oats for grazing. Um, so that is something that I was very interested in. And I just, one of the things that I love about forages is that they serve so many different purposes. They do provide food for cattle, but they also do a lot of other things. They sequester carbon, they protect our soils, they help nutrient cycling, and I just really love that about forages. Now, you're from Brazil. You spend a lot of time in Florida, which obviously are a little bit warmer than Wisconsin. So you're here in Wisconsin now uh, enjoying our non-mosquito weather here, we can call it, as cold as it is. So, Marta, what, uh, what differences do you see in forage production in Wisconsin and versus Florida and Brazil? I think the biggest difference for me um, is that here the systems are a lot more intensive than the other ones I've had. The other systems I worked with were a lot of times trying to increase inputs of nutrients, for example. That's one of the reasons why I was working with legumes is that 
in those extensive systems, sometimes nitrogen applications with fertilizer was prohibitive because of the cost. Mm -hmm. And here, it seems like it's a lot more intensive, a lot more mechanized. Um, there are a lot of, of a lot of the tools that I have on my toolbox in terms of training are still going to be very relevant. So concerns with water quality that has been an issue in Florida for a long time. Um, issues with persistence of pastures, looking at best management practices in terms of nutrient application, uh, and of course, yield and quality, those things are always going to be the, the important aspects of forage production. Um, the other thing I'll mention is, I think in all these place, different places that I've been, um, what is really touching to me is that the people that work with agriculture, I think across different places and cultures, they have a lot of the same values. So this concern with stewardship, uh, making sure that we can leave our farms in even better shape to the next generation and providing safe, good quality food, those values come across from, from all different places. And I, I sure have seen that a lot in Wisconsin. So that's something I'm very excited about. Marta Coleman is with us, our new forage specialist. And Marta, you mentioned, uh, again, coming from Florida, most recently Brazil is your home country. As you see our producers here, what are some of the differences that you notice as far as production techniques? Climate, obviously, is, uh, is something that drives it. But as far as uh, the way we're producing our forages here, not just alfalfa, but forages in general. Um, I see a lot of manure use, which I think it's it's quite particular to this region of, of the country. So manure from dairy especially. Um, I think that people here are very good with equipment and understanding how that affects or how to choose what is best. Um, I think that's also very impressive. Um, Wisconsin is, because they have both cattle and uh, crop production, oftentimes in the same place, that really puts Wisconsin producers um, in a huge advantage of integrating those those two, two uh, production systems. In other places, oftentimes those are very separate, so it's a little bit harder to, you know, make sure that you utilize that manure in areas where you need it and things like that. But that is a place where, you know, Wisconsin farmers are very well positioned to, to utilize, to make sure that you're cir circulating those um, resources. And it is a new climate for you. So where mm -hmm. is your research focusing on now that uh, you hope will be of a help to our farmers and their forage production here in, in, in a cold climate? Oh, that's a very exciting question. So I do have some research projects already ongoing. So one of them is nutrient cycling from alfalfa. I know that we focused mostly on nitrogen for corn coming from alfalfa, but I'm also interested in looking at of phosphorus and potassium. So I want to really give credit to our queen of forages for everything that she does uh, to the ecosystem. Another thing that I'm doing is I'm working with Dr. Mark Renz, who is our wheat specialist uh, for perennial crops in one experiment that is on grazing. So we're looking at different um, times of rotation and seeing how that affects pasture production, animal production, and presence of weeds. Uh, I love grazing. I think it, it's uh, something that I've worked with a lot, so something I can contribute to quite a bit. Um, I also have some work looking at manure application on alfalfa in interseeded systems. It's a bit of a novel system where you uh, uh, plant 
both corn for silage and alfalfa on the same year. If you're interested, please contact us and we have some, some uh, information on that. Um, those are just some of the, the things that I'm working on and also herbicide carryover um, on alfalfa establishment. So what effect do we have from a herbicide that was applied to row crops the following year to alfalfa establishment? Watch the withdrawal rates, that's for sure. Hey, tell me about, uh, Marta, as, as we go forward, one of your colleagues in Michigan, autotoxicity has always been something we've been aware of and have to be aware of in alfalfa. Give us a, a thumbnail about her research and what does it mean? Can we get rid of autotoxicity with, with breeding? What's going on? Yes, yeah, so that researcher is Kim Cassida, who just approved a very large project uh, from USDA. So uh, great support for research right there. Um, and I, so to my knowledge, we cannot get rid of autotoxicity, but we can get a lot better in identifying it and determining what or not is going to be a problem for our alfalfa establishment. Because if autotoxicity is present, it can cause very significant uh, establishment failure. So uh, I know that she is currently working on developing a bioassay to identify that. Uh, we're really, I'm really looking forward to see the results that she's going to bring because if we can uh, understand or quantify how bad that autotoxicity is or if it's present or not, then we can really get a much better grasp on when can we replant alfalfa in the field. Well, that's uh, always good to hear about the new research with our alfalfa fields, but here we are at the bottom of the hour, and we need to be hearing some markets, and we should have Rocky from Premier Livestock coming in next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, as promised, I've got Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock on the line. Said he survived the weekend and ready to get back at it, right? Yep, just get right back on our regular schedule. So, Well, let's hear about that regular schedule. Uh, thank you, Jill. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is how uh, last week market shaped up. We did sell over 2,500 head last week. Fed cattle traded stronger. High choice and prime Holstein steers from 145 to 159. Telex 134 to 144. Your choice beef steers and heifers up to a dollar seventy. Market cows also traded stronger. High yielding cows from 92 to a dollar 12. Many other cows 75 to 91. Market bulls high yielding from 90 to 110. Organic market cows sold every Monday and Tuesday high yielding from 130 to 172. Lower yielding and lightweight 129 and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves they were steady last week, mostly from 225 to 400 on the Holsteins. Your beef cross calves from 350 to 610. Holstein heifer calves 125 and down. Today Tuesday uh, we do have our special feeder cattle auction. We're also selling bred beef cows if you are bringing and bred beef cows, they knew to need to be in by 8.30 this morning for preg checks. Uh, feeder cattle auction note with the, uh, the bigger sale with no sale. Yesterday we are starting the feeder cattle auction earlier and that'll be at 10 o'clock a.m. Uh, we'll continue after that down to the baby calves and go on to the market cattle. Tomorrow, Wednesday, we'll have our dairy cattle auction with a nice lineup of dairy cows and spring and heifers. Don't forget the hay and bedding auction starts tomorrow, Wednesday at 9.30 a.m. Questions on marketing your livestock, give us a call at Premier at 715-229-2500. Lots more information on detailed market reports updated daily, advanced consignment, 
at premierlivestockandauctions.com, and that's the way it shaped up, Joe. And I guess I didn't talk to you after Christmas at all. Bob was here holding down the fort. Did Santa bring everything that you needed for Christmas? Got all we needed and then some. <laughs> and that's some. So that's always good to hear and good to get back in the saddle for the week. You betcha. All righty. You have a great day. You too. Thank you. And that was Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. We need to do a quick uh, chore and then we'll be hearing from our weather. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's that time of the morning for our 13 First Alert Weather with Mike Dandria. Good morning, Jill. How we doing? We're doing all right. I'm pushing the right buttons, and I'm feeling fairly confident this morning. Sounds like we're getting a good start to the new year, huh? Absolutely. You know, you got to start somewhere. Exactly. And, I mean, if we have a good start, that's great. And even if it's not such a great start, well, then it's like we can only go up from here, right? Absolutely. I like going up. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, I mean, temperatures aren't necessarily going to be going up over the next week or so. They'll remain pretty stagnant for the most part. Now, they will be above average, but still uh, cooler than what we saw on December, as today we'll have a mainly cloudy sky, temperatures in the low 30s. Mind you, we should be in the low to mid-20s this time of year. We do have a few chances at some flurries through the overnight, dipping to the upper 20s, so mild relative to the single digits that we would typically wake up to in early January. But for tomorrow, cloud cover still dominates, still a few chances at some flurries, but then clearing out later on in the afternoon could get a few peaks of sunshine. Thursday sees a little bit more sunshine, but cooler temperatures, mid to upper 20s for our highs before Friday breaks brings the return of cloud cover, climbing to around the freezing point. Saturday and Sunday will bring us chances at some snow showers, and as far as accumulations are concerned, still remaining on the light side for now. Just be sure to stay tuned to that. Otherwise, temperatures right around the freezing point again. That'll be the case for Monday, as cloud cover remains dominant as well. Sitting at 23 degrees right now in Eau Claire, and Jill, that's the way it's shaped up. Well, that's all right. I, You know, you look at this, the first week of January. Mm-hmm. These are pretty balmy weathers, actually. What balmy temperatures, if you ask me? I would have to say so too. Like I said, we've we know what January can bring. Our average high for Eau Claire today is twenty four degrees, but we've seen much cooler temperatures than that in January. So I'll take this as a win. Well, I will too. I just hope it doesn't get me back when it comes to March when <laughs> I'm starting to have those calves out there. We might end up with some short ears again this year, but yeah, we'll have to stay tuned for that one. But. We, we will do that. So All right. You have a great day. You too, Joe. And that was Mike Dandria for our 13 First Alert Weather. We're going to slide right over to our news. We've got Morgan in the house. So, Morgan, good morning. Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today. Coming out of a holiday weekend, we begin the week on a Tuesday and with updates from the Trumpelow County area. A western Wisconsin man spent New Year's Day in the hospital after he was shot while breaking into someone's home. It happened yesterday with authorities in the Blair area saying a woman called 911 to say her husband shot the man after he kicked in the door. Investigators say the suspect had broken into another home nearby and police in Blair not identifying the suspect or homeowners at this time. In other headlines from the state, we go to Keel where investigators are looking for whatever caused a New 
Year's Day fire at an apartment complex there. Crews from a half dozen fire departments helped fight the fire. This was at apartments on Chicago Street. Five people who live in the apartments were sent to the hospital for evaluations. Police say one fire responder was treated for minor injuries at the scene. Now the Red Cross is helping with people who need a new place to stay. As investigators say, they're just beginning their search now for the cause of that fire. As we look into other headlines, it was one for the books. How do you feel about your own personal 2023? Mother Nature dished out one for the record books. And it wasn't just this weird winter weather that we're in right now. This stretched the entire year with 2023 going down as the eighth warmest year on record in Eau Claire. Forecasters say the city saw its first 100 degree day since 2011 and saw a feels like temperature of 110 last year. Meanwhile, Eau Claire's coldest day last year, that was January 31st, where it was 19 below zero. Forecasters also say it was a dry year for us here. 2023 appears to be the 54th driest year on record. Well, as we get back to it today, there will be more eyes on the Wisconsin electoral process. State's Presidential Preference Selection Committee will meet later this morning in Madison as the committee is supposed to set the ballot for the April primary. The meeting comes just days after the Wisconsin Elections Commission dismissed a 14th Amendment challenge against former President Donald Trump here in our state. That challenge, however, is headed for the high court. It's not clear just what impact the future court case could have on the selection committee's decisions today. But they're starting that presidential ballot process. And somebody in Michigan doesn't have to worry about the holiday spending bills coming in. Powerball ticket there hit, and somebody is waking up a multimillionaire in that state. But here, well, we got to get back to work. And while we're in the barn, you're starting the first steps towards making cheese if you're a dairy farmer, right? And we thank you for it. The store is not full of holes. It actually is National Swiss Cheese Day, guys. Swiss cheese was invented in the 1300s in Switzerland. Over there, people eat about 48 pounds of it a year. In America, we eat about a pound per person per year. So they went on consumption, and it has to have holes. They're created by carbon dioxide bubbles released in the manufacturing process. Oh, and they're called eyes, not holes. And if your cheese doesn't have it, it's considered defective, but you can still eat it. I'm Bree Tennis. And to all the farmers taking the first steps towards that cheese or other dairy products, we do thank you and head back to the barn for those chores with Jill Welke and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Thanks, Morgan, for that update. And the Swiss cheese, that's not my favorite kind, but kudos to you for finding that out. And and as I mentioned before, it is National Cream Puff Day. So we are really focused on the dairy products today after our New Year's celebrations. And uh, let's take a little look the, at uh, some of the new happenings this week because we're getting back into the meeting season. We've got the 41st Annual Western Wisconsin Ag Lenders Conference will be on Thursday starting at 8.30 going till 3.30 at the River Prairie Center in Altoona. So if you're looking for your ag lenders on Thursday, they're probably going to be busy learning about what's going on. There's all kinds of um, speakers that are going to be happening, and it sounds like it's going to be pretty interesting. So that's the 41st Annual Western Wisconsin Ag Lenders Conference happening on Thursday, January 4th, starting at 8.30, going till 3.30 at the River Prairie Center in Altoona. And something that's near and dear to my heart and something that we're getting going down at Osseo to support our ag teacher, um, uh, Amelia Hayden, down at the Osseo Fairchild FFA. The Osseo Fairchild FFA alumni, we're going to be having a meeting on Friday night down at Northwoods 
with our social hour starting at 6 o'clock and a short meeting at 7 o'clock. And we're looking for some updates from the FFA and and how we can help her in going forward in this agriculture endeavor that she has gotten so busy in. So that's an Osseo Fairchild FFA alumni meeting on Friday night, January 5th, starting at 6 o'clock with social hour and a 7 o'clock meeting. So we need to get a few more chores done, and then we'll be heading to our market. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, I spoke too soon. I thought I had my slides and buttons in the right places, but for some reason, the... Computer wanted to play Jim Lindsay a little bit early, but here we go with Jim Lindsay and Equity Altoona. And this is the close of the Thursday market. So here we go. Choice beef steers and heifers dollar forty five to a dollar sixty. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers dollar forty five to a dollar fifty nine. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers a dollar fifty one to a dollar fifty five. Choice Holstein steers a dollar forty four to a dollar fifty. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar forty three and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from ninety six to a dollar ten. We had a top of a dollar thirteen. Sixty percent of cows sold from seventy one to ninety five. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from seventy and down. Organic market from Tuesday eighty percent of organic cows. So from $1.20 to $1.40. The bottom 20% organic cows sold from $1.19 and down. Cull bulls sold from $80 to $1. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $225 to $345 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $225 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $275 to $585 per head. We will be closed on January 1st. Our next slaughter cattle and calf sale will be on Tuesday, January 2nd. Our next special feeder sale will be Friday, January 5th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. And, man, oh, man, we've got them all stacked up here. I've got Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford on the line to tell us more about our equity markets. Well, Jill, and good morning to you. And, uh, well, uh, Bob is in Hawaii, and uh, you're, you're here at, what, 23 degrees, and it's probably 83 over there, huh? <laughs> I'm not really going to ask him. I suppose that would be something to find out. But, yeah, I think he usually stays in the 80s pretty much all the way through January. So, Well, I guess that's kind of, if you like that kind of weather, but... We're in Wisconsin, so I mean, we get uh, we get the seasons, we get the changes, and it's kind of an interesting winter right now. We got winter back, very very cold this morning. Well, not very cold, but a pretty strong breeze coming out of the southwest, and uh, 20, 22 degrees. So we could almost talk about a chill factor, but we better not do that. We better tell the folks about what's going on here at Equity Stratford this week. Yep, let's get rolling. All right, Jill, thank you, and good morning, everyone. And we'll get started with the 2024 marketing season here this morning at 10 o'clock. Of course, we were closed yesterday, so we will get started this morning at 10 o'clock. First of all, we'll have the hay auction today, and as part of that uh, hay auction, we do have uh, uh, some round bales of soybean straw. If you folks are looking for something like that along with the hay, that'll be at 10 o'clock. Also at 10 o'clock, we will start with the market auction today. We will be selling market cows, conventional market cows, uh, fed cattle, market bulls. Of course, the uh, cattle delivered yesterday will be sold first. Also, uh, at 11 o'clock today, we will uh, 
have the dairy auction, and also we do sell organic market cattle today and baby calves. Uh, that'll be probably about the uh, noon hour or so today. So very busy marketing day here in Stratford today, starting off at 10 o'clock. As I mentioned, tomorrow our auction does start in the morning here. Uh, full marketing day, of course, tomorrow here at Stratford also, uh, including the uh, market auction with the cows. We'll sell most of our fed cattle tomorrow, along is with sheep, hog, and goats, baby calves. Feeder cattle sale tomorrow will be a special sale, special feeder cattle sale. will feature a bread beef cow dispersal. Uh, so if you folks are in the beef business, uh, we do have a complete herd dispersal, a lot of Charlay, Charlay cross cows, uh, also Herefords, uh, black cows. Again, a complete beef herd dispersal. All cows, are, all the young cows, uh, uh, none of the cows in this dispersal are over the age of four. And also we'll be selling the uh, a two-year-old bull, open heifers, and a lot of the feeder cattle along with this dispersal. Again, that will be around 1230 uh, this uh, tomorrow afternoon along with the regular feeder cattle auction. Our auction on Thursday does start at 11 o'clock, full marketing day on Thursday, including uh, market cattle, uh, fed cattle, and market bulls, baby calves also on Thursday. So we're got a we're going to cram a uh, full week into three days here at Equity Stratford, again, starting this morning, bright and early at 10 o'clock. So, folks, got any questions on the sales schedule or any other concerns, just give us a call here, 687-4101. And, Jill, with that, we're going to kick off 2024. And, uh, well, um, a lot of stuff happened last year. Uh, I guess we're in the industry we are here. Uh, livestock prices have been uh, pretty good here, but boy, we're very concerned about the way the milk thing looks, and it doesn't really look all that great for a while, does it? It does not look all that great for a while. I'm wondering if they're talking about the the support that happens at the national level, if that'll hopefully bring it around again and and uh, get it so it's looking a little better towards the end towards the end of the year. Well, the problem we have in Congress is there. They're all too busy pointing fingers at each other and accomplishing very little that's constructive, in my opinion. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I happen to agree. But, you know, we can't be here nor there. All we can do is take care of ourselves. And that, and that is a good way to start the year off. Jill, again, you enjoy the day. We'll be back here tomorrow morning to give the folks an update how things are uh, selling here uh, today at Equity Stratford. And in the meantime, you have a nice day. Absolutely. You as well. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. We don't have much for chores left, but we need to take a look at our markets after a little bit. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, I'm going to sneak a little bit of Alice in Dairyland in here. I've got a little bit of time left, and she came and visited with me before Christmas, and they have their different tours that they go on and things that they promote. And I'd like to share... A little bit when we were talking butter. So here we go. Let's talk butter. So butter here in Wisconsin is definitely an important part of our state's dairy industry. Butter is made with two simple ingredients. It really is just cream and salt. And our dairy cows here in Wisconsin make sure that our butter processing facilities, of which we have 13 here in Wisconsin, are kept busy with high-quality milk and cream And this also helps Wisconsin to rank in the top two nationally for butter production, which I think is a really fun fact to share about the butter industry here in our state. Now, much of this butter ends up on grocery store shelves across the country. And on average, Americans consume right around six and a half pounds of butter each year. Although I like to think Wisconsin certainly helps to up that average of the six and a half pounds of butter consumed per year 
And lastly, as we talked, the butter industry here in Wisconsin contributes to the strength of the dairy industry here in our state. It is a $45.6 billion dairy industry here in the state of Wisconsin, and we are home to many dairy farming families. 95% of our dairy farms here in Wisconsin are family-owned. Butter, we talk holiday baking. How are you using butter this year? One way I am using butter is with compound butter. So if you haven't heard of compound butter before, it's a new spin on traditional ways to use butter. You have softened butter, of course, from Wisconsin. Then you have some cheeses, herbs, maybe some fruits and other flavors. And you mix all of these ingredients together. Some different flavors that you can combine include dill and citrus or pear and blue cheese. Or one recipe I am sharing this this month is for cranberry chipotle cheddar butter. So now this recipe, it uses flavors of the softened butter some Car Valley Cranberry Chipotle Cheddar Cheese. You also add in there some dried cranberries, some honey, a little bit of ground chili pepper, some salt and pepper to taste. And you mix all of these ingredients together. Let it sit for about two hours in the fridge before you're ready to serve. And then you truly have a delicious dairy treat. You can enjoy this with butter, with warmed up cornbread, with, or with bread, excuse me. You can also enjoy it with some Warmed up cornbread, some green beans, some potatoes maybe during the holidays. The possibilities are really endless. So, I always enjoy talking to Alice in Dairyland, and that's our 76th Alice in Dairyland, Ashley Hagenow. And I, oh, she's got so much to say, so many good things that are happening, and her tour. And she'll actually be visiting with me again towards the end of the month, but... Um, I'm going to try to keep getting some of these clips in because they're so important. She's got a lot to say, and I know we hit after the baking season of Christmas, but it seems like winter is kind of a baking season for me. And, you know, you kind of nestle in and have that little treat after you get home from work and after those kiddos get back from school and just kind of warm things up. And we're going to take one last look at our markets. And these are markets prices from Friday close. And the markets will open up again today at 8.30. So from our Chicago Board of Trade, March corn is at 4.71. March oats is at 3.85. March soybeans are at 12.98 with our March soybean meal at $386 a ton. And our March wheat at $6.28. And our country elevator prices. No quote from Golden Plump in Arcadia, but Baldwin's at four oh six for corn, twelve thirteen for beans, Chippewa Falls in Connorsville, four oh one for corn and twelve twenty eight for beans, Duran four oh one and twelve oh three, Mondovi four oh six and twelve oh eight. Elmwood four eleven and twelve thirteen. Fall Creek four oh one for corn, twelve oh three for beans. Osseo four sixteen and twelve thirteen. Elk Mound four oh five and twelve twenty for beans. And Loyal three ninety six for corn and twelve oh eight for beans. And Ellsworth twelve oh eight for beans. And an Arcadia four eleven for corn and twelve eighteen for beans. And our ethanol plants, just two reporting this morning, 
Stanley's at 421 with New Richmond at 416. And our cheese markets, barrels are at 140, down 3 cents, 40 pound blocks, 147, up 4 cents. Gray double A butter, 266 and a half, down or up a half. And our class 3 milk futures, January 1543, up 3 cents. February up a nickel to 1574. March 1641, up 6 cents. April down two cents to seventeen fourteen and May down nine cents to seventeen eighty one and that market is trending upward for the first three months and downward through the end of the year. And right now our temperature in Eau Claire is at twenty three degrees with our high today itching up to thirty three and cloudy tonight, a uh, low of twenty seven tomorrow thirty and mostly in the thirties into next week. And that's what I have for the farm show this morning. And remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.